Welcome to the Glenelg Hopkins CMA Pondcast, a podcast giving you an insight to what happens behind the acronym GHCMA. Hi, I'm Liz Meacham. In this series, we're going to take a look at what a catchment management authority does, a few of the projects the organisation is delivering on the ground, we're going to meet some of the passionate people delivering those projects, and hopefully along the way, we'll give you an insight to how we're protecting and enhancing the land, the waterways and the biodiversity of the Glenelg Hopkins region of southwest Victoria. In today's podcast, we're out and about on the roadsides of the Western District collecting seed from native grassland plants called the Blue Devil. It's a time-consuming job, so it's a good thing that there are some very passionate individuals and a local landcare group behind it. In this episode, we meet local farmer David Franklin and former grasslands researcher John Del Pratt and find out why these men volunteer so much time towards roadsides, which are often just driven past without a second thought. Today we are out in the landscape of Wandu and we are picking blue devils. Can I get you to introduce yourself? My name is John Delpratt and I've been involved with grassland restoration research for 30 odd years. This came about as a result of this being horticulturist, watching the work that's been, that was being done on the ecology of grasslands and forming the opinion that conservation alone wasn't quite enough. But if we don't be, try, try and be too ambitious in the complexity of what we put back, we can put back a, a, nice, a nice community of native species, which then allows a, an opportunity for diversity to uh, develop over time, particularly if you're close to an existing remnant. So out here at Wandu, we have a real hot spot of very high quality grasslands, very high, um, very high individual species values, but also of the community itself. And so this is a, a marvellous place to work on grassland restoration. So not far from here, up at Wandu, we have a couple of um, hectares of restora- restored grassland uh, that we're working along uh, on uh, what was previously a ploughed roadside. So out here we have the three chain roads, and you can see a lot of room apart from the road for, for, for grassland. This here is uh, degraded grassland. There's a lot of weedy grass in here, but there are also big populations of species like the lemon beauty heads here and so we we choose these sites for seed collection. So today we're picking the blue devil. The blue devil is one we're picking today um, but the other this this site is also very rich in this um, Calicephalus citrus the the lemon beauty heads uh, and that's a particularly successful restoration species out here. Now, we've got some Working for Victoria volunteers here today, but the Warndu Chatsworth Landcare Group is a very active, positive landcare group, isn't it, with looking after their grasslands? It certainly is, and while I've been coming to Warndu for many years as a, as a place where really good grasslands exist, particularly places like the Warndu Common and the Warndu Cemetery, it was David Franklin who worked with one of my colleagues to develop the techniques we use for restoration. 
uh, it was David Franklin who then got his local community back in 2012-2013 to do the first of the large restorations. So that was 1.25 hectares on the Warndoo-Streatham Road onto old ploughed grassland, uh, ploughed uh, roadside. So that's a, a wheat canola type operation. And, and the roadsides were cropped basically for the common good. That they were, the, the, the money earned from those crops would, would go to local uh, things like the footy club, basketball club, etc., as I understand it. So it's a, it's a you know, difficult social issue, but uh, we took a, a small portion of that and have been restoring grassland on those, uh, on those sites. So once David's community site was so successful, that then gave us a basis for applying to the department for funds to do another, uh, another section, of a, a further 1.25 hectares, and that was uh, combined with some experimental work on the, uh, on the previously restored site to see if we could enhance that further with more species by tube stock planting. So we had a, a quite a detailed experiment run there as well. 2019, the second site was sown and it's now a, a beautiful stand of um, wallaby grasses, uh, kangaroo grass, lots of wildflowers, and that'll mature over time. The previous one, the one done in 2013, is looking extremely good, very solid. Uh, it looks like a very successful restoration. And that is the master plan with something like this, John, to, to get the seed so that that sort of restoration can keep going? Yes, so this operation here is just a, a small part of it. So we're collecting one species here today. There's another species on this site that we will collect in due course. We also have a seed production area back at uh, David's uh, property at Chatsworth. And so we grow, also grow a number of these species in cultivation for their seed. And he also grows large grass crops as well. So it's a combination of field harvested seed and cultivated seed that we use for our restorations. That necessarily limits us to those species that are easy to collect seed from and that produce a lot of seed. So there are, there are plenty of species that miss out. But what we do know is that for most of the grasslands, once they've been uh, degraded for uh, a few decades, there's there are only a very few species that will have any long-term seed bank. So we need to give it a kickstart. Uh, and at different sites you get different suites of species, but we put a, put a broad range of species out, 20 or 30 species. Um, some of those are grasses, some of them are, are wildflowers. And then it's fairly site-specific as to what comes back successfully. Yep. But then you'll get a sprinkling of the other species there, and I guess over time, and we've got the rest of time for this, uh, once, once the species are back there, if, if they can get themselves established, then, uh, then that's, that's terrific. Because yep. what this area is, has been really good at is maintaining its roadsides and its commons, its, private, uh, its uh, public lands with uh, periodic burning. Now we're trying to sort of uh, get a, a bridge between grassland restoration and, and conservation and the CFA. But um, you know, we know it works, it's a matter of how you then fund that work so that it continues but both for public safety and for the restoration and the conservation of grassland. How did you first get involved with grasslands? Is this something you're taking on in your retirement or is this something that you have had a passion for for maybe a few years? <laughs> Just a few. So back in the 80s I was a young academic at the Burnley Horticultural College as it was then. Um, a young Englishman called James Hitchmore was, was there with me at the same, we started about the same time. But he recognised the, the, the value of these grasslands of ours. He knew already about the meadow 
movements in the um, and prairie movements in in the northern hemisphere, and so um, he introduced me and and some of my colleagues to the the idea of creating a, a landscape style out of these species. But once he went back to England in the early 90s, um, we sort of got distracted into the ecology of it and the restoration aspects. Uh, after my retirement, that gave me an opportunity then to do some of the more practical aspects of this work myself. And that was when I came back out to Wandu. I, I already knew David, he had done this very successful community restoration and then uh, you know, we built on that. To, um, so this uh, is your retirement work then? Wandering around the grasslands, <laughs> we do, we do more planting than, we, seeds. We do more than wander, even though it mightn't be apparent at the moment. <laughs> I've managed to dodge completely doing any collection today, by the look of it. Oh um, no, we'll get you back out there. No, no. Um, it is it is a massive investment in the future. This these roadsides are being uh, are being overrun. Well, I say overrun. They're being occupied by species like the Phalaris over here against the fence line. Um, that's creating an enormous problem on these roadsides because it's a very high, bas high biomass grass and there are other pasture grasses that are doing the same thing. Very high biomass grass burns hot, burns virtually all year round if it's given a chance and where there is damage it will then invade and I mean it, I speak of this uh, uh, in a pejorative terms I mean it's, it's just doing what it does but it's just being um, it's just being phalaris. It's being phalaris, <laughs> yeah. But um, it it loves a bit of disturbance. If a bit of high quality uh, remnant is damaged, then it'll it'll move in and occupy that site. And uh, if further damage occurs, it'll continue to spread. And we have heard on our previous wanders through the wildflowers with other CMA staff members just how much native grasses actually prefer non-disturbed soil with the soil crust, and that. As soon as it gets disturbed, the phalaris and uh, the weeds, they turn up very quickly. Yeah, which is why then when we restore, we have to have a very strict protocol as to how we approach it. Because we're opening up a huge gap. Obviously, they could very quickly be occupied with uh, invasive pasture grasses and, and other weedy species. So we have to start with a very low soil seed bank. Um, we have to very quickly get high native cover. And once we get high native cover, sure enough the, the phalaris and other weeds will be in there. Uh, sometimes it comes in with the seed, sometimes it just comes in from the side. But because the native grasses are, occupy their site so um, aggressively once they are established, they can keep those invasive grasses pretty well suppressed. So the natives are pretty good at keeping the invasive ones out as soon as they're established, it's just a matter of establishing them yeah. well and yeah. quickly yeah. before those invasive ones get in. So we, we have a very specific operation. Um, the way we do it is, is to uh, take that weedy, high nutrient soil from the site, usually using a road grader or something. Sounds pretty radical, but it, it means that we have relatively low nutrient, relatively low seed soil bank soil seed bank, provided we can then get on and sow a, a good mix of native species and provided we have a, a good season to get them established, then they'll cover very quickly. Uh, species like wallaby grass are very good at that. Kangaroo grass, which is really the, the keystone species in this system, that takes a lot longer. But um, okay, so the first Warndoo site was sown in 2013. And now, this season, and last season to some extent, we're really seeing the Themata 
become what we know it can be. And this is the wonders of recording live on a roadside while we have the trucks going but, past. But this, is a, this is a marvellous landscape to be working in because it is so, uh, it's such a human landscape. You've got this, this you know, massively productive landscape. Uh, you've got, you know, new generation of power, love them or hate them, but they're there. They're a very dramatic element to the landscape. You've got a huge one over, over yonder. And yet you've still got this opportunity in these landscapes to have a really uh, concerted effort at conserving this, what is now national, nationally and therefore internationally, endangered, endangered plant community. And many, and as you know, uh, Button Wrinklewort <laughs> is one of the stars of that. But it's actually quite easy to restore in large numbers. It, it produces lots of seed, it germinates very readily, it just needs the opportunity to have sites where it is, uh, it, it's allowed to roll through its, its, um, its life story. Uh, and So the natives will come back if given the opportunity and that's really what we're trying to give them. Yeah, but, the, but the, they won't come back on their own in most cases. Now there are a lot of, land, a lot of public land out here where if you apply the right biomass management you will you will gradually get them coming back because they are still they're very long-lived perennials most of them and they are still there but given another decade or so and without that management and they won't be there we, we still have this opportunity we just have to get there yeah, and get, get in the, and do it get there in time yes, yes. and and the, um, there are other people doing this now so uh, the CMA is working with uh, Latrobe and um, Department of Transport and they're now in implementing uh, experiments, sm small, relatively small scale at this stage, just, just as we are, I mean we're relatively small scale too. <coughs> but they are now establishing experiments to build corridors, build connections between very high quality patches and lower quality or, or degraded patches, build those corridors and rejoin. And we have our own plans along the Warrandu Chatsworth Road to do similar. So we've had vegetation surveys done along there to map where we've got high quality, medium quality, lower quality, totally degraded, and possibly not in my lifetime, but the, the idea is that over time, that whole, that whole roadside could become a wonderful conservation site. I was wondering when you said that, how long you thought your retirement was going to be. <laughs> Well, and been going on for 15 years. What's going to stop it? <laughs> <laughs> and David did say he wished this had all happened 10 years earlier, but it must feel nice with the longevity of what you've had in this kind of area to see it now being valued and the native grasslands being more valued than what they were previously. These things come in waves. So we sort of jumped on the first wave and... and there was a lot of enthusiasm, particularly around Melbourne, for, for grasslands, and we knew that the very high-quality stuff was out here. Um, and David jumped on very early. You know, he, he's, he's a real hero, hero of this stuff. Uh, then it, you know, subsides for a while, and, and then when a, a bit of success is shown, then people become interested again. So it's, it's demonstrating success, demonstrating technique that works. It works wonderfully on, in the right sites. So somewhere like this, it would work beautifully. The rocky country just to the east, very difficult. You know, we have to find new and different ways of dealing with the rock. And other people are doing that work. Yep. Uh, and um, 
So yeah, it is encouraging. David and I both wish we had, you know, we're, we're similar age and so we're both wishing we had another couple of decades. Uh, but um, yeah, who knows about those things? You, you don't yeah. know. But you might as well keep going while you can. Yes, it, it, to answer your question, yes, it is very encouraging to see enthusiasm, but I work out here on a couple of hectares every month or so, and then I drive back to Melbourne past hundreds of kilometres of <laughs> roadside that needs attention. Yep. So we're not trying to revegetate the Western Plains. We think we have a, an opportunity to demonstrate successful technique for genuine conservation of genuinely endangered plant communities and species. And why not? You know, it's, it's a wonderful yep. opportunity. Fantastic. Now I better let you get out and do some seed collecting. To introduce yourself. So I'm David Franklin, I'm a local here between Chatsworth and Warndu, member of the, uh, the Warndu Chatsworth Landcare Group. What are we doing today? We've got the Working for Victoria crew, but what what are they doing? Right, well, Warndu Chatsworth Landcare Group is concerned with uh, rehabilitating and uh, restoring native grassland roadsides, of which uh, we're fortunate to have around the area some uh, wonderful remnants that are constantly being invaded by weeds and damage. Um, so we collect seed for, um, for use on um, these reved sites that we do. This is one of the really late flowering and being ready to pick species. It's um, Eryngium commonly known as Blue Devil, um, along with another one that we have to pick, uh, Lemon Beauty Heads, uh, Calocephalus citrius. So uh, it's good to get some help because uh, picking stuff like the Blue Devil and that is a very time consuming job and many hands make light work. We've got a little stem here with these prickly tops on it. So the team's picking these and and then they head off to a nursery to have the seeds taken out of them is that correct and then well, it comes we back store, to plant. store this now and it's got to go through a process before we if we direct seed it through a machine because it's so light and fluffy and hard to manage we have to put it through a garden mulcher and it chops all the straw up it doesn't damage the seed so it crunches it all up and makes it um, able to be used, mixed with other species like the grasses, wallaby grass, kangaroo grass, um, lots of species all mixed in together and then direct seeded through a machine onto the ground. So it's basically like planting a crop of grassland, That's like right. you would on a farm. <laughs> That's right, except it has to have a special machine because everything's so light and fluffy it will not travel through normal agricultural equipment without just sitting there or blocking things up. It's an air seeder. Seems to be very successful. Uh, we've done multiple sites and have very good results. So this, this grassland that we're standing on here, this is a site that the Warndoo Chatsworth Landcare Group has looked after previously. We've collected seed here previously from this um, with the grasslands, you just come across little areas where a particular species might um, do very well. And this is one little patch here where this blue devil is in 
abundance. Uh, and so is the lemon beauty heads. It's just the two that are really late are really good here because these roadsides usually burnt every year in the CFA. It's accepted that um, they've been burning these roadsides for 40 or 50 years. So species that remain here, native species that remain here, obviously um, can handle that situation. They've developed through it. And it seems to invigorate the native species, but it's detrimental to some of the introduced species, like Polaris and that, trying to keep them down, the mass, the biomass keeping them down, which um, it reduces the fire hazard because the introduced species are a much bigger fire risk hazard than native species. Yeah, well, yeah. thank you, and we'll do some seed collecting. Very good. Without a doubt, those two men could talk about the importance of grasslands on our roadsides for hours. But the nice thing is that they're backing up their talk with actions and the knowledge that they have really is incredibly valuable. Pretty much all of the work they do is voluntary, but it has been supported in various funding forms. And work like this really is a great example of how passionate people and organisations can work together to achieve some really extraordinary environmental outcomes. Congratulations really also needs to be extended to all of the members of the Warndoo Chatsworth Landcare Group because it's a big group effort with their roadside grassland regeneration and this group of very passionate people really is leading the way in some of this research and activity anywhere in Australia. We're pretty lucky to have them in our region. If you'd like to check out the results of a three-year project by the Warndoo Chatsworth Landcare Group in roadside regeneration, you can find a number of videos on the Glenelg Hopkins CMA YouTube channel. They're also available on our website and some of them on our social media accounts. The group's work has been supported by a number of funding streams along the way, but the Glenelg Hopkins CMA supports the group with funding through the Australian Government's National Landcare Program. On this day, when we were out in the field, the Blue Devil flower heads were being picked by crew members employed as part of the Victorian Government's Working for Victoria program. Now, after that mouthful of funding acknowledgements, if you'd like to find out more about what we do and meet some more passionate people that we're lucky enough to have in our region supporting projects like this, you can follow us at Glenelg Hopkins CMA on Facebook, GHCMA on Instagram and Twitter, or you can visit our website at ghcma.vic.gov.au. Thanks for listening.